This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome back to another episode of the Crow Pod special Friday edition because of Todd's lazy ass. <laughs> David Eggers here. Hi, David. Hello, everyone. Um, I apologize in advance because I uh, took delivery last night of a new puppy. Oh, uh, and she's here uh, and she's she's wonderful, tiny little Boston Terrier called Tilly. However, oh. she is I, I'm literally looking after her at the moment. I can't put her into her, into her cage because she will uh, start sounding like sweep from Sooty and Sweep and or Beaker, perhaps, and ruin the recording. So if you hear me go, for fuck's sake, Tilly, get out of there, then you'll know what she's already scratched my cornea. So that's oh, the thing. If I sound distracted, yeah, because my eye has swollen. Yeah, oh. yeah, well, it's, it's poppy in it, but the, my eye's completely swollen up. So uh, if I uh, if I appear distracted today, it's not my my pills kicking in. It's more just that I have to go and dab my eye. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so in the background, if uh, if I appear to be having a conversation going on, you'll know what it is. Hi, Todd. Todd Van Allen's back. Do <laughs> not talk to the driver. <laughs> um. Yes, Van Allen's sure. back uh, three days late. Yes. We were here um, on Tuesday. We mm-hmm. fell down. Mm-hmm. Didn't see us scabbing off. Yeah. <laughs> I uh well it's that or take the entire recording apparatus that I have here uh to Toronto and set it up in a hotel. Mm. And uh yeah, my well, wife didn't want to go there anyway. So Well, you know yeah. what you know what we're gonna say. Uh-huh. Um it's it's uh you know, it's, it's what a pro would do. But yeah, yeah. anyway, yeah. anyway, you know, we're, we're, we're here on a Friday. It's going to fuck our week up, though, isn't it? Uh, it the is. listeners as well. We're all going to be like, what the hell? You know, well, hell yeah, we're going to have to turn around and do this again in four mm-hmm. days. Well, that's fine. <laughs> There'll be things to talk about. Yeah, and equally when we wake up tomorrow, it's Saturday. So that's cool. Yeah. So that's, always, that's always a bonus. That happened to me last uh, last weekend where I woke well, up. Well, I, I, I find that happens every weekend, Sunday. David. Don't, 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 don't you typically wake up one day a week and find that it's Saturday? Or is that, <laughs> do you just you skip one every once in a while? That, that's it. Well, no, I used to. Um, <laughs> skip, skip, skip several <laughs> periods of days uh, at, one, at, one, at one go. But uh, no, I, uh, uh, but you know, how's your week been? I got challenged to a debate by Michael Stewart, who then shat it when I said yes. Oh, uh, tell yeah. this. I ha- This is news. But you know, I hear that. So, well, basically, you know, he, he was somebody in the Rangers Twitter community pointed out his his 
Stewart's at that stage where um, take his phone off him for his own good because he managed again to find himself embroiled in a fight with a, a, a famed uh, British anti-racism campaigner and person of colour uh, in Jean Johansson. Okay. And uh, it's maybe just me, but if two people of colour who are uh, noted anti-racist campaigners told me that I needed to rethink my views on racism, I'd probably do it. Yeah. You know, it's a, but of course he didn't, and he started answering back, and then people said, you know, you're a hypocrite because you defended your pal Janie Godley, whereas you wanted Hunt Hand cancelled, and he said, I never said that, so I, you know, called him a lying little toad, <laughs> and he said, well, you know, let's have a serious proper debate, and I said, I'm game for it, Mikey. Um, the only thing is not in a BBC studio, because I have experience of what happens in that before. I did yeah. one with Spears, and your microphone gets turned off, and his doesn't, and uh, you find yourself in a 20-minute debate. You get three minutes, and they get 14. Right. So uh, I said, just a straight Zoom call, one-on-one, we'll both record it, we can both put it out, uh, mm-hmm. that way they can complain that it's been edited or anything removed uh we've both got total control over it and he backed away so and then brilliantly all these celtic fans started trying to abuse me by saying why would he want to debate with you anyway you're just Mm. trying to you know you sad little man you're just trying to get attention on the back of him and i'm like he asked me yeah yeah i I, i'm not sure we need to garner attention off the back of michael stewart i I did i I did question (laughs) Um, I mean, him and Gene are both BBC employees, correct? And one is significantly more important than yeah, the other. Yeah, yeah. that too. Yeah. But where where was management in in the aftermath of all this? Mm. Because this is clearly a you know issue between two employees. Yeah, uh, I, I would assume, or I would hope that an organization like that would would have some kind of standards for how they go about handling these sorts of issues. Yeah, well, they mm-hmm. certainly do, and they, they certainly do have uh, social media policies. But uh, again, you get people who uh, I don't treat Twitter seriously, as you guys know, right? I just right. don't because it's not good for your blood pressure. If you do, you, you'll end up like, lying awake at four in the morning. So mm-hmm. at one point when he when he was reversing, I just tweeted out "shat it," and people, <laughs> yeah, and people were coming back saying, you know, oh David, that's not serious, and you know, this is a good opportunity, and you've got to be. And I was like, guys, guys. I'm not a politician, right? So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not asking for your vote, and nor have I ever asked you to, you know, contribute to anything for me. I just, I'm a bloke, and if I, I've got this rule on Twitter that if somebody's a dick, then I'll treat them like a dick, mm-hmm. um, and he falls into that category. So yes, I am going to be flipping and take the piss. It's very deliberate. It's, it's a lack of respect for him. Well, um, it, 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 I, he was doing that thing that he always does. Like he quote never tweet. just replies to anybody. Nope. Yeah, quote, quote yeah. tweets everyone. And he did the Gale in the middle of all because he tries he to create did. piles on them people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and isn't it funny? Of all the people that were criticizing them, that the three he turned on were women. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. always Total, total coincidence, I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah, he always quote tweets. <laughs> never replies. Uh, something I pointed out to him when he said, you know, I. Uh, as I suspected, you're not a serious person. And I said, uh, listen, mate, you can't make claims like that when you're, quote, tweeting for honours every single tweet. Right. Uh, you know, trying to, trying to get a pile on. But the problem is, is that, uh, you know, when people 
it's again this misunderstanding and i get it because i used to have it mm-hmm. um and people even on our side who say this are kind of missing the point because they're like oh this is a good opportunity to show him up for what he is and it's like to whom yeah. there's two there, there, there's two sides to this people who love rangers and people who hate rangers and neither side's opinion is going to be changed so for yeah. me it's it's you know if it was to happen it would be have a bit of fun um and you know destroy them but it would be for the entertainment of my side it won't mm-hmm. be to change anybody's minds mm-hmm. so that you know please don't believe and then also it's a guy from a podcast and a half-wit football, regional football pundit. Yeah. We have to, you know, let's not, uh, let's not pretend. And just at the mention of Michael Stewart, Tilly's done a poo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's the power. That's what, you hear his voice, you hear his name. Well done, darling. That, that's great. Daddy's recording. Uh, <laughs> so it's like Beetlejuice, Dad. You mentioned Michael Stewart, I poo. Yeah. Um, so great, but continue, lads. I've I've got about what to do. <laughs> uh, I I um uh Shane, I adore your Twitter feed. Um, it's 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 nice, and and my favorite thing is like when you when you're quite proud of yourself, you'll take one of your tweets and bring it into our messenger thread, going. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this mess I did. Yeah. Um, There used to be, I don't know. I don't know if you ever remembered the, um, uh, the show at midnight. Mm -hmm. That was, uh, that was out and it would hit, it would hit the air in North America at around, well, around midnight. And um, it would, it's, you know, they were up all night thinking up the title. And they would do a hashtag game. And this was like kind of in the mid early days, kind of like the, the web 2.0 version of Twitter where uh, hashtags were suddenly becoming a, 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 a commodity in, uh, yeah, well, in that Twitter. Was like Chris, uh, Hardwick, right? Chris Hardwick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who, uh, I got to stop listening to after, uh, after he kind of got, he sort of got me too, but anyway, um, Man. he had, he had a wonderful, um, uh, spate of these hashtag games and uh, the the contestants would come up with with things there but they had a team of writers that kind of supported them in this but also they would open it up to the floor the floor being twitter and i would just be i'd be done a show or something i'm uh, i'm just on twitter kind of scrolling the phone having a beer and then i see the hashtag game and i go Fuck yeah, let's do this. And it's like <laughs> ruin a movie with one letter. It's like yes. and so um I think my favorite one was I changed Jaws to Jews and that was never good. And uh but I got uh, but I got points. I got points from the show. They went points. Yeah, you know, I won that one. Um but I have friends of mine that messaged me and went, "Oh good, it's the morning after at midnight. So now I can refollow Todd again." Cuz like <laughs> you you always have to remember like as much as you're having fun on Twitter with a hashtag game or as much as you're having fun berating someone or arguing with a bot, um mm. yeah, you also have to consider people are reading this and going, "Do I really need this infecting my feed? Is it, you know, um same thing I, with celebrities that like up periscope, um retweet 10 things and then go down. Like it's just like you or, see this or, cluster or, or talk about their uh, their their cousin's friend's swollen testicles. Yes, that, that sort of a thing. 
Yeah. Well, there's, there's, there's a great Viz character called Buster Gonad. Uh, yes. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's Buster Gonad and his unfeasibly large testicles. Uh-huh. And uh, each week, uh, as the as the cartoon strip description said, what testicular mayhem will Buster be up to this week? So maybe Nicki Minaj's cousin. Um, it, it, it's like I just think that's one of those things where you. Uh, oh my god what happened to your you know and you're exhibiting all the signs of an std yeah homeboy's just sitting there in trinidad minding his own business mm-hmm. rueful over the fact he's lost his fiance yep you know nursing his giant swollen testicles sure. <laughs> and then Nicki minaj just gets on twitter and tells everybody in the world that he's got the clap right <laughs> like, basically <laughs> like, i it's great that his cousin fell for it. I seriously doubt his partner did. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, he comes back from a two-day office trip somewhere, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh my god, it, it must be a reaction to uh it must be a reaction to the vaccine." I don't yeah. remember you get the that, vaccine. Oh, did I not a... tell you? I got the vaccine. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. my testicles are now the size mm-hmm. of footballs. That is that is a live reenactment of the joke where the guy goes in with a yellow penis and he can't explain it. And the doctor takes him through all kinds of social disease tests and nothing is happening. He goes, well, what do you do all day? He goes, well, I play video games, masturbate and eat Cheetos. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, over here, it's what's it's and, uh, yeah. the best. The best uh, telling of that I've ever seen was the opening line was. I'm baffled by your yellow penis, <laughs> which I just thought was a lovely use of a lovely use of language. But baffled, uh, baffled it's yeah, it's just it's a great. I'm baffled by your by your yellow penis. But uh, you know, we we should probably get in because you know you you a friend of yours passed away this this week, Todd, and, and genuinely one of the funniest men I've ever seen in my All life. Right. Um, he was, and uh, I, I am I am somewhat like. He and I were not in the same squash ladder, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have I have done shows with him. I played poker with him once, and um, even then, like you just like all the stories that 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 happened. My favorite one is when he was starting out because he got promoted so quickly um, from uh, from amateur to onto the touring roster for Yuck Yucks because at that point Yuck Yucks was the only Canadian comedy club chain. So he was working everywhere. And, and, and Yuck Yucks at that point spanned the country. It was, it was just before the bubble kind of burst. And um, he had been coming into the Ottawa Club, which was his, his home club. Uh, and he came down and he would have five minutes of material, which was fantastic. Um, and he would think he bombed. Meanwhile, everyone is just like gasping for air how funny this guy is. And then he would come back. And there'd be another new five minutes and equally as funny as last week. And then he would come again the next week, new five minutes and equally fun. And so someone asked him, I was like, how, uh, how are you? He goes, Oh, it's just, it's, it's killer coming up with new jokes every week. And someone said to him, you don't have to, eh? He goes, Oh, I thought I had to, you know, <laughs> uh, I thought I had to do that. Um, and, and, and even so, like he always still sort of had a knot in his uh in his stomach when he went up and he's just like that was one of the reasons he was thinking about not doing this not doing stand-up he's like i don't know if i feel the you know the need to do that i feel so nervous and um it's did i ever tell did i ever tell the poker story 
No, you never so here? For, on for, here? For, okay. for those of you, because maybe in the UK wasn't as big a start, it's Norm right. McDonald who right. um you you if you were a fan, you will know him. He's mm-hmm. genuinely he was dead part. He was also taught, uh, and I, before you tell the story, I don't know what your view on this is. That it, it's a performance, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. and it's it's about the whole of it. It's why uh, a stand up show is better than an, a comedy album because right. you know obviously you, you you can see what's going on. Mm-hmm. He had a funny voice. Mm. Oh, that, yeah. that voice was magnificent, <laughs> um, and just the way he could phrase something. In mm. that voice, uh, one of my oh. favourite 90s movies is, believe it or not, is the Eddie Murphy Dr. Doolittle. Yeah. Okay. Which Norm plays the dog sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> and it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And it's just because he was so funny. Just an, a natural inflection. And it it does play a part, doesn't it? Yeah. it's it, he um, And just how he, like, you can see him... Whenever he was doing, uh, whenever he was doing a show, when the crowd wasn't buying it, and they didn't get him, he doubled down and oh, went no, further that, that was a, yeah, it and was, deeper. Yes, yeah. There, 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 there was never a fuck that he could not give. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. That no, was no. a famous. That was a famous SNL story that he was um, the host of Weekend Update, which is of course the biggest. Yeah. job you can have in in american comedy you know if you're the host of snl look at the people who've done it you know the mm-hmm. amazing people that have done it the chevy chase and mm-hmm. dan Aykroyd and uh, tina fey recently of mm-hmm. course yeah. and it's a it's a gateway as well jimmy uh, mm-hmm. jimmy fallon you know it's a yeah. gateway to a huge career if you want that and norm mcdonald took it over and he had this habit at the end of when he did he would just stare into the camera mm. yeah. for like 10 seconds and it doesn't sound like that long but in live tv in prime time america it's a long yeah. time mm-hmm. and uh, don olmeyer who's the the head of nbc at the time who wanted him fired because he kept telling jokes about oj who was a mm-hmm. friend of his yeah well i think that history has dictated <laughs> who was right on that one yes. well, but, I, I, it's, it's when he comes back the host he's like uh, 18 months ago i uh, i wasn't funny enough to be on the show now I'm funny enough to host the show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> either, either, either I've got a lot funnier, or this show really sucks now. Mm-hmm. Um, the he, the he, the blow line for him that just got right up Olmeyer is when the verdict was passed in the O.J. Simpson trial. First of all, it was Norm that first coined the phrase "fake news" because that's how he did it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the fake news. Well, it's official in the state of California. Murder is legal. <laughs> <laughs> Picture right, of OJ well, over his shoulder. Omar um, couldn't couldn't say it's because it's he's by you know, OJ Simpson's my friend and he knew that so he said well he's just not funny enough to do it uh, and he said to the writer who's the original SNL update writer he knows what update should be and he always said that that Norm was the funniest and the best yeah. at it and he did it exactly as he wanted but he said right well tell him at least to stop staring at the camera <laughs> every, every week after that it got longer and longer mm-hmm. and longer <laughs> oh. and of course the audience began to bite on it because they began to see what you know, it was in all the papers it was a big story mm-hmm. and he, uh, he began to do and as you say could not give a fuck uh, it's like you're going to be fired uh, and it's in the the oral history of Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. where he says, "Look, if the guy who writes update, the original guy, the legend, thinks I'm funny, that's good enough for me. Fuck Don Olmeyer. I knew I'd get sacked, but who gives a fuck?" And I'm like, 
that that's you know that Andy Kaufman that kind of thing. They're the guys you admire. They just do not care. They're funny because of that. Yeah. The so I I I know you guys are are no stranger to performance and live, but you definitely I would say both of you sort of have the comedian mentality, which is if you tell me I cannot do something. That something now moves to the top of my to-do <laughs> list. Uh, 100%. You know, yeah. like it's like it's like when you go to a show and uh, you um, you say, okay, uh, this is a charity. Um, uh, you know, we need to be clean. Yeah, yeah, it's clean. No way. There can be no way that you can do anything against animals. Anything. You cannot do that. And it's like, okay, hey, why have you got your pad of paper out? I said, oh, I'm just writing down something. How many peas in Puppy Mill? I'm trying out a new joke. Um, uh, I got, um, uh, I, side note, I went to a show that was that was very much like this. Um, and it, um, uh, they, they came in and they said, and and by the way, it's 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 a stupid thing. You, you will see signs in 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 show in showrooms saying there will be no rape jokes. Right. Um, because it's an understandably horrible topic and very triggering for people who have suffered it. I get it. Yeah. Right. But it was the only thing that was on this list of things that, you know, OK, you can come to the show. No rape jokes. Like, OK. It's like, what do you know about my act that I don't? Because I don't have any. But OK. And so uh, I went. I went up on stage and I went, okay, I got to say right off the top, the first note that they gave me is that I'm happy to be here, but they did say there was one provision is that I can't do any rape jokes. So if you were looking forward to hearing rape jokes tonight, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't even have rape jokes. I, uh, I think it's a horrible subject to talk about. I wouldn't do it. It's uh, disrespectful to the audience and, and potential victims in there. So thank you very much. And I accepted the applause for that. It goes, now let's talk about pedophilia. I am... <laughs> And then we just, uh, <laughs> that right there if you want a textbook van allen joke that is it that is the gratuitous over apology for something and then doing something more horrific well uh, we uh we of course have gone through uh a little bit of a readjustment here on heart and hand over the past why what happened guys uh, you know, you know, just just uh our, 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 our departed our, our departed friends mm-hmm. uh uh, our men behind the wall. No, I better not do that. I'll get in trouble. <laughs> uh, but uh, that was a joke for anybody who's looking to have us cancelled on the back mm-hmm. of it. That was a joke. And uh, basically, uh, you know, it all came about as what's funny and what isn't. And, and yeah, that, that, that's that's absolutely fine and it's absolutely fair. But you're right that there is this. You said it's a comedian's mentality. I, I think it's like a, a kind of human mentality mm-hmm. of well, you can't do that. Oh, you right. fucking think so and look it, it doesn't always get us into into a good place for example my my ex-wife once said to me she's like um i can't believe you're drunk i said i'm not drunk i've only had a couple which is always code for right. yes i am drunk. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. as you know and she went i i can't believe you were drinking this early i said that's not drinking i'll show you drinking and uh, I picked up a, there you go and i picked yeah, up a that, bottle that, of jack that, daniels that 
<laughs> well, there you go. Right, and proceeded to try and down as much of this bottle of Jack Daniels as I could in a winner to show yeah. her. And I showed her when I passed out about 20 minutes later, woke up in a pool of my own sick and couldn't move for about two days afterwards. Oh, I showed her. I showed her I was a dick. Right. Uh, uh, I'll show you injecting into my eyeball. Yeah, yeah. I'll show you not shooting myself in the stomach. <laughs> It's, what are you doing? Oh, I'm like, just replaying Videodrome. It's, yeah. it's like when the doctor tells you to take it slow on a mobility scooter, mm-hmm. but you've just got to get down the hallway as fast as you possibly can. Now, yeah. look, look, I go back to something I saw Robbie Coltrane say in the 80s, mm-hmm. and he was right. He said, well-rehearsed cruelty is the basis of comedy. Right. Right. And he said, look at things like Buster Keaton. You go all the way back there, right? Charlie Chaplin, all of that. It's people falling over, getting kicked yep. up the backside. Bishop <laughs> Brennan, he did kick me up the arse. Mm-hmm. It's still one of the funniest things anyone who's seen it will ever see. And right. I'm sorry, but people falling, as long as they don't hurt them. So, you know, if someone fall off a cliff, for example, you, you, you probably yeah, would be, laugh at the mangled, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. mangled corpse <laughs> at the bottom. But we've all seen somebody fall and you immediately run over and go, you okay, you okay? They go, yeah, I'm okay, I'm okay. And then you walk away and you go, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he fell down. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it is, it's, it's funny because of, there is a natural sort of comedic thing to it. When you're on a fucking scooter in mm-hmm. a suit with a little Hauling guy running <laughs> as if you're in the fucking episode uh, season ending episode of the west wing right mm-hmm. and then to compare what do you do when you fall down your pride is up because we immediately bounce back up don't we even if the leg's hanging off you mm-hmm. immediately just bounce straight back up and go i'm all right i'm all right i'm all right yep you do not take to Twitter and be sniffy about it and say, well, I can't believe people are laughing at me. I, I fell down and, you know, that, mm-hmm. that's a disgrace. I could have been injured. What you do is go, oh, fuck's sake, who's the fanny? Eh? Um, <laughs> and, and everybody just moves on with their life. What he did yesterday, Hamza Youssef, was say, can you turn me into a meme, please, that I will see every single day for the rest of my life? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep, that's, yeah. Uh... I mean, that would have gone through a news cycle and just kind of wafted away, you know. Mm-hmm. But now, no, I'm going to watch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least for the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, I mean, how, how could he not think? I mean, are they so divorced from reality? In what era? Yes. Right, this is not a new thing. This is not social media. Gerald Ford falls down the plane. Yes. <laughs> that was the very first one I thought of. Ford fall. Biden just fell down the fucking stairs at Air Force yeah. One not long ago. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And and what did people do? They went, they is he all right? They said, yeah, yeah and then they, they laughed, right? Yeah. And that's that's what happened. You don't get sniffy about it. We, we Nobody no. likes being the butt of a joke, but if you See, own it, yeah, but it'll the, go away. The, is he the kind of man that would laugh at a Norm MacDonald joke? No, he is <laughs> not. He, 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 no, he is not. He, he, he wouldn't understand it. Yeah. See, he, he's one of these people who has no sense of humor. Um, you know the kind of people who I was going to say they watch The Office, mm-hmm. um, and they uh, they don't understand it. It's not that they watch The Office and they can't tell it's a docu- uh, It's not yes. a documentary. Absolutely, um, they think it's genuine and they think it's real. Uh, uh, yeah, but look, he's on a fucking scooter. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? It would have been. 
you know, if he'd been on crutches, perhaps, right, there's a wee bit of sympathy there, but he's on a scooter with an aide flustered running behind him. Now, what in the Scottish Parliament could possibly be so important? <laughs> oh, I mean, that, that, that's the thing. What could possibly have been so important? Yeah. Um, speaking of cancellation, we had a cancellation scare in the house. Oh, yes. So I have mentioned before that um, my wife, as a part of her work, she has to go through audits and they go through like financial audits because she works for, for an, an auditing, auditing firm to make sure that all of our finances are not being audited by anyone in the in the uh, in the uh, in the company Mafia. or anything like that. Right. The but uh, also, yeah, and I think it's a slur on her ethnicity and you should sue. <laughs> okay. There's um, money in this, Todd. There's money here. I'll, You're leaving it on the table. I'll I'll bring it up, David, but I'll level with you. Don't think there's going to be a lot of traction. So, um, <laughs> free so money. One one of the other things that, that I think I've mentioned on the show before is she she had to have a social media audit uh-huh. to make sure that oh. she didn't have anything out there. And um, she turned to me because both of our finances needed to be examined. She assumed both of our feeds had to be examined ah. and so she turned to me and says yeah i'm getting my social media thing um uh scan today like, are you gonna be okay i says yeah it's just all like dogs and food that's all i ever post and then she 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 was on her phones and she looked up and had this look of dread in her face and then turned to me and went have you tweeted anything i should be aware of and i <laughs> went well, I and, and and recently as that morning I went, well, I was just blocked by Doug Ford. And she's like, why? <laughs> and I went, I was asking the same question. That's when I scrolled through and I think it was when I called him a goat scrotum. Um, and then uh, he had to unblock me because um, he has thanks, a goat scrotum. To, thanks. Well, yes. Well, thanks to the, yeah. the former president um, of the United States. Uh, they use that as sort of a Twitter thing to say, well, he's using his Twitter account for public um, broadcast of policy, so mm-hmm. he can't block people. So he had to he had to begrudgingly unblock me. That was great. But um, we got a call the other day following an email that my wife got going. Um, they found something in my in an audit on me, and I'm like, uh oh. And so she takes the call and she goes, yes, yes, okay. So it's from social media this is what i'm hearing on this on this side of it so it's social media okay and i'm like okay she's done something i don't know what hitler dog she's posted that <laughs> i you know doesn't know and then i hear her say well my husband's a comedian and that's when i peed a little bit and i'm like what could i have possibly done and she's like okay we'll take a look at it and i can see my my wife is now looking at this going this piece of shit so i'm like okay so it's not it's it's not me. It's it's the person on the other side of the phone. She's like, it's something I did in 2018. And I went, well, let's go take a look. And I goes and I go to it's March 20, 2018. I find the post and they searched on the words racism and um, uh, sexual assault. And my wife had liked and shared a bit that I filmed in Calgary, Alberta, of me doing a bit against racism and sexual (laughs) sexual assault come on and i'm like okay so they did everything in their power to search for her account these kill words 
but then didn't take the opportunity to, oh, those words exist. Didn't say that it was, I was taking it down. Like, and when you look at the bit, I'm like, and I watched it again, it goes, fuck, that's still funny. But, um, <laughs> uh, but it was like, I was, I, after this was all done, I went, so they want you to support Harvey Weinstein? I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, yeah. that, that's it. It's his context. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's totally it. And it's everything, you know, if people pick it stuff, um, you know, out with content is, you know, this show in particular, people could yes. pick lines out that we've used, but it would be in a greater context. Yeah, they I think they the, can pick stuff out in context. If you just yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the difference is though, and this is what they are, they're finding a wee bit in Scotland and it's been, that's been the one kind of gratifying, well, there's been a lot of gratifying things that came out that had been positives, but one of the main positives has been the fact that people are turning around now and saying, no, fuck off. You know, you yeah. don't get to do it. You don't get to explain away your friend you know, in context, completely racist posts by mm-hmm. saying we all make mistakes, then hone in and look for exactly what you said there, Todd, use of a word, even though yeah. it's in, you know, even though it's in defense of the, the cause they, they claim to espouse and go, they should be cancelled. Uh, yeah. And I think that, you know, that there is this sort of sense against hypocrisy. That's an interesting thing you brought up, though. And it's something I've kind of wondered about before about politicians shouldn't in my opinion have a personal feed that they put uh that they put work on Mm -hmm. if you're gonna have a twitter feed you can't block people you you if you're gonna make announcements and in scotland they do this a lot they make policy announcements on twitter if you're gonna do that you can't block people because they have the right to to know that no matter how much you dislike them or how unpleasant they might have been to you if it's your own account and, you know, you have a, if you like, a formal work one mm-hmm. for the policy. And then if it's on your own account, you're getting abuse. Absolutely. You know, you, you should report them and you should do all the steps a normal citizen would. But mm-hmm. if you are going to use it to propagate laws, then the taxpayer, whether you like their politics or not, or whether mm-hmm. they said that, ha, 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 you fell off your scooter, you you, you shouldn't. Morally, there's a big question there, I think. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, they, I mean, here here it's actually like FCC law is why you can't you can't do it. Because, you know, there's communication for the purpose of government. So mm-hmm. that's 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 why that's why you can't do it here. I, I like I like David's idea of like them having two separate accounts like they have one for the position. And they'll sometimes do that, too, where it's just like uh, like it's uh, like uh POT USA will be the you know, like you that's the one for the position and that's where you broadcast sort of like all your policy stuff but then you have your own private one that goes holy cow this is just like the West Wing like something like that right yeah and yeah it, that, and, that it, and it would be nice it would be nice to be able to go over to whoever the leader is of, of whatever country to go to their uh, um their uh their personal account and they go you know what my favorite friend character is Ross and you just reply with Fanny and yeah. then you go over to their official account and they go, we are doing this in the name of uh, big business. And you just write Fanny. So you have two <laughs> places you can do two opportunities. Yeah, but I, I just I, I think it's, I, I like it if they, you know, for instance, the, the front bench of the government say, in, in Britain, uh, here is a clip of the prime minister, the, the official foreign secretary account. Here is a mm-hmm. clip of the prime minister. Um, 
speaking about our position it's a strong thing that i fully back and then you go to his personal account and he's gone ha 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 boris forgot he wear a belt and he was having to pull his trousers up lol uh that would be great that would be absolutely brilliant but uh, unfortunately i don't i don't necessarily see it working like that right, which right, is right. a disappointment oh, on the the favorite friend is ross thing that is a bone of contention in this house because sally's favorite friend is ross oh and okay Right. I second, I think only to Monica as the worst pick of it. Well, enough. Phoebe, Phoebe's the worst friend. She's really fucking mm. annoying. Um, but Ross, really? She go, oh, he's the funniest one. And I'm like, no, oh, he's not. No, he's not. He's 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 really not. E- e- uh, either either of the Matthews are the two funniest ones. Yeah, I mean, I think Chandler was obviously very funny, but got a bit drippy once again yeah. in the relationship with Monica. Um, I think Rachel's a bit underrated, because I think Jennifer Aniston's a really good uh, comedic actress. Looking woman. She, oh, she, yeah. Has, yeah. she has my single favorite line in all of Friends. Um, and I didn't watch a lot of it, but this one always kind of stuck with me, is when she's trying to get a job, and she is uh, putting out her resume, and she's just proudly gotten back from the from the copy place with the yeah. stacks of resumes and ross takes a look at it and goes i'm sure every potential employer will be impressed with your wide-ranging computer skills <laughs> and she then goes oh no is that on all of them <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the funniest one was joey but he just was yeah. Okay. It was it was Joey, which is why he got the spin off. But unfortunately, they then negated everything that made him funny. Uh, right. I have a thing though for bad spin offs. I, I I think it comes from my first experience of spin. See, I didn't know, for example, when I was a kid, and on a Saturday morning they would show repeats of Laverne and Shirley. Right. Yeah. It was never it was never explained to me that Laverne and Shirley was a spin off. So my first experience of a spin off um, was Frasier. And yep. I was devastated when Cheers ended because I, you know, I grew up as a as a little boy. You, you ever watch, watch Maud or anything like that? What the yeah. hell? We didn't Come get on, that. When when Cheers ended, I was like, I can't believe they've gone for a spin off with Frasier. He's you know, he's a boring minor character. Mm-hmm. He's hardly in it. It should have been Norm. And and of course, as you grow up, you realise what the fuck could they do with Norm? You right. know, as, as much yeah, as yeah, yeah. Possible, he, he could sit at the bar and drink. He could sit yes. at a different bar and drink, right? You know, there's there's nothing you can do. But what could you do with Cliff? Genius, right? The, the character of Cliff Clavin is, oh. whereas Frasier, of course, you had this other role. And the other experience of it, and it nails it because then once I started to get interested in it, you know, t- that typical male thing of I must know everything about every spin-off that's ever been made. Um, the Simpsons spin-off spectacular special yes. have you ever seen that episode oh, yes. yes chief wiggum pi yeah yep. <laughs> i'm i'm still in, in like new orleans or whatever <laughs> yeah in new orleans featuring principal Seymour skinner as skinny boy um, <laughs> uh, and ralph as ralph uh, and i i'm still devastated to this day that they didn't how can you not make a show well one of the opening lines is uh i know i've spent the 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 major part of my life being a high school principal in a small town but inside i've always been a a new orleans street thug (laughs) 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 so the i mean especially with the crap simpsons they make now fuck that get rid of it and bring back uh grandma the automatic love tester that's right. that's what i want to see 
Maybe Marge is a robot. Uh, do 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 do. Hey, they didn't lie in that song though, did they? We'll no. never stop the Simpsons. The Simpsons. Yeah, they would. I, I I watched a newer. I don't know. Probably like season nineteen. So not even that new, but much newer than anything I've ever watched from the show. Mm-hmm. And it complete. It, it's like the writers didn't ever watch the series prior to being hired whenever they came on the show because right. th- there is some stuff that's like canon to the Simpsons. You can't just send Marge back in time and send her to college mm-hmm. and all that. Like we, we've seen how Marge and Homer lived, uh, you know, when before Bart was born and everything, when they were over in East Springfield and shit, like mm-hmm. you, you can't just, you can't just rewrite this. No, it's, it's, it, it's brutal. I saw one that's, fairly recent i think uh as in you know last three or four years where uh marge and, and homer are at college in the 90s and homer's yes! in a grunge rock band yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah it's like that no you can't you can't do that uh, i'm sorry i know that you've got to keep them in this suspended animation therefore of never getting older i get that but it is a fucking cartoon the mm-hmm. actors don't age you can do you know you you have that opportunity and as you say it's just it, it's because we're invested in the characters and to writers who, as you say, aren't fans, but they don't get that. They don't care. You know, they're just like, well, why can't I do this? Because uh, mm-hmm. like, we care about these people. We've grown up with these characters and it might be silly to you, but it means a lot to us. Yeah. So we've, you know, we've got a lot of time and energy and it just puts you off so quickly, doesn't it? You're just going, to fuck this. This isn't right. And you end oh, up going... Well, Dana, and I think that came that came around the heels of what probably the fifth time Marge has taken Nelson under her wing, but yeah. you know, like every every you know generation of writers on that show has done that fucking episode. Yeah. Also, the that that episode, the one you mentioned there, um, I think we spoke about this before, but you know, new listeners, so bring it up again. Um, in that show, the one you talk about, and I think it's like the third time she's done it. Uh, they actually repeated the exact same joke, literally yeah. the exact same, yeah. but not with a knowing throwback, not with a no. remember this. Um, and it's like, well, she said, right, I'll take you to. He says, oh, my teeth hurt, and she said, I'll take you to the dentist. And he's like, they've got doctors for teeth, and I'm yeah. like, you cracked the exact word for word, <laughs> same joke on an episode 15 years ago. And all that does is annoy people. It it yeah. it, it doesn't make you think, ha ha, and a nice callback. You go. You've never fucking watched all the episodes. You don't care about the show as much as we do. There was a time um, when I think it was Dana Gould, when he started uh, writing for The Simpsons, he pitched an idea of, I think, someone trying to commit suicide. And they oh, ran with it. Yeah, it'd be more. Yeah. And so it's like they're ever they're gathering uh, after the pitch meeting, everyone's gathering their stuff and they're taking it out. One of the creators turns to him and goes, 18 seasons on the air. Finally, uh, thanks for bringing suicide. Finally, Dana. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it'd be more. No, I don't think it's yeah. too big a leap for more. Is it? I mean, we've been... well, there was also Homer's Odyssey, like he was thinking of killing himself and then he had peyote and changed his mind. Um, Ride your soul, Homer. That'll, that'll do that to you. Um, which I, which everybody thinks is Johnny Cash playing, the, and it's not. Playing no, he's spirit guide. It's James Garner. That's right. That's right. 
everybody gets that one wrong and mm-hmm. uh yeah you, you get to geek them out um, yes i have a friend who was at the transmit festival on saturday night um and he was attending with uh, a rangers player and i won't name the rangers player but uh, they they found out that they had a common you know they were there with mutual friends and they got mm-hmm. together and um they found out they had a mutual love of the office and nice. he said i then spent the next 45 minutes missing the show having uh <laughs> having an office off with a rangers first team player <laughs> he says they're just standing there going yeah this is fucking weird because like, then you go well do i beat him because he says i'm a total office geek so i'm mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, I don't want to lose this. It's a matter of pride. Equally, this is a Rangers player. Mm-hmm. Do I want to? Do I want him to offend him on the first night that I've hung about with him? So, I guess my question is, would Morelos watch it with subtitles, or how would he? Because some things are going to translate weird. Yeah, I, I, I love the idea of Alfie sitting watching the adventures of Wernham Hogg. Yes, but uh, I don't, I don't, I think he'd be more an American office guy than. I think uh, so. Than, I think but so. they, they did get. Uh, he said I did get him on a question of what was the name of the cleaner, and I sat for about twenty minutes trying to figure Ooh. it out, and then had to do that thing where I went to the toilet and looked it up on my phone, <laughs> and came back and said, and he went, you went to the toilet and looked it up on your phone, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did. what is his name? I can't remember now. Um, it's it's just one of those things my brain is refusing to to take in. You know, they're they're just we've spoken about this before. There's some things that your brain takes a look at and goes, I don't need this yeah. bit of information. I'm not having it. Right. Oh, do you want it? I go on. Uh oh no, this is the Dunder Mifflin one. Never mind. Um, it was Luann <laughs> Kelly was in the American one. I think it begins with a G. I think it's Joan or something like that. Okay. Or Joe. Um, right. Something like that. But um, he, he said it was just the most surreal thing. I'm standing there. Liam Gallagher's playing on, on the stage. Of course. Um, and he said, you know, and, and, and I'm standing there talking to, to this, this Rangers player. Uh, he said, and he's going, right then, okay. Name the episode in which. <laughs> 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 and, I, and I'm like, wow, this is this is just odd. Um, this is if you odd. Think of it. If you think of it, like when like these guys that are that are kind of in stature and stuff like that, like they will be constantly surrounded by the press, other players. They constantly have to keep themselves under discipline. So when they finally have this passion for one thing and they're able to just release that valve, mm. it's gonna go. Mm. Um, I have I have had this moment and it was with um yeah I think you both would know this guy Rich Hall. Uh, yeah, yeah. Comedian, right? Yeah. So I got to I got to share an elevator with him in Montreal. And it was just him and me in this thing and it was taking an ungodly amount of time I'm sure for him to get anywhere. And um he's just kind of standing by himself and I'm like this is one of my comedy heroes. I do want to talk to him and I just saw him the night before. And uh and I went, Mr. Hall, and you can just see him slump. He's just like, oh, here we fucking go. <laughs> and I went, and he goes, yes. And he goes, off my parents' dock on the St. Lawrence River, every sixth cast brings in a largemouth bass. And he was like, 
are you serious? Because he did 15 <laughs> minutes the night before about how much he loves fly fishing in Montana. <laughs> and that was when he went, oh, my God. And we just started talking. And then, and then I was like, and I loved you on this. And I, I've, I've watched you since the thing. So it's like just finding that ice breaking moment where you um, my, my, my thing that I have always tried to do um, with with anyone of high celebrity is just find the thing that um that is their least popular thing that you love and oh, uh, uh, yeah 100 percent. that yeah. that always but I, I remember uh, years ago my ex-brother-in-law um we were uh at a, a show at the the garage nightclub in glasgow can't remember who the band were but uh one of the the guys from teenage fan club jerry was was at, at the bar on his mm-hmm. own and my brother-in-law absolutely adored Teenage Fan Club. Uh, so he, he, he walked over, he was dead nervous. And you know what, we have had a couple of pints and I'm not as big a fan. So I was like, oh, fuck, I'll do it then. So like, come here, I says, listen, uh, hello there, mate. Um, my brother-in-law here, huge, huge fan of your work. He wants to buy you a pint. And he's like, I need bother. And then he looked at me and he went, are you that guy for the Rangers Supporters Trust? And I said, yeah, yeah, I am actually. And he went, oh, cool. He said, I'm a big Celtic fan. And he wanted to just talk about football. Not in a, yeah. you know, not in a uh, argumentative way. He just wanted to, right, what's your thoughts for this season? You know, what do you think of our attack? You know, here's what mm-hmm. I think of your defence. What do you think the chances are in Europe? You know, and my brother-in-law is standing there going, I love that song. What guitar did you use in that? And he's like, uh, uh, Rickenbacker. Anyway, mate, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, yeah. I like I like him, Danny, that you've got. He's, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. and it was just utterly apparent the last fucking thing he wanted to talk about mm-hmm. were the records he'd made. He just yeah. wanted, so with me, who wasn't, you know, really giving a fuck about talking to him, um, mm-hmm. He was he was bang up for it. Um, whereas my, my poor brother in law who just you know worshipped the ground that he walked on, he had no time for whatsoever. <laughs> I I had the exact same thing with Bob the bass player from Franz Ferdinand. Where, yeah, yeah, because um uh, a friend of mine went to university with um uh with uh, uh members of the band, and so we as a result we got to she was a big friend of uh, Bob the bass player. And uh, they were playing in like this arena and there were moments when it was uh, quiet, like in between songs where they go, thank you. And the applause would die down. They're getting ready, tuning up for the next song. It was just quiet. My my uh, friend and I, we would both yell, right on, Bob. And uh, <laughs> he would go, what? And like you know, the rest of the band's going, why is he popular? And um, we, we went to the after party afterwards. And so I'm kind of talking with members of the band and we go and talk to Bob and then it spins to football. And he's a Celtic supporter. And that's all we did. We just talked about football and and that's all he wanted to talk about because he was in a situation where this is a thing i like no one will talk to me about this let's do yeah. this yeah let's do this yeah because it's it, it's a, a completely different it's a completely different thing yeah. um it, it, and yeah it must it must as you say it must just occasionally be nice for them to to, to you know to not have to talk about their work because at the mm-hmm. end of the day as a job i mean it, you know and as much as you love doing it and it's it's fantastic and it was your dream to be to do it as a little boy there is still a bit of you that you're like the eighth person who's come up and asked me the same question tonight yeah um what is i would you know rather much talk about something completely different interesting there was a i was at a press conference for a music festival when i was working for a music blog years ago but mm-hmm. 2000 
2009. So Franz Ferdinand were really, you know, at the at the zenith of uh, their, their popularity, mm-hmm. and they were and doing. That just made me feel old. <laughs> I actually think I might have been generous. I think it might have been a couple of years earlier. I was going to say, it's more like oh, when they, 04, 05. I th- yeah, I think it's 03, yeah, that the direct that Take Me Out came out. But um, yeah. I'm sure the listeners will, will let us know. But uh, yeah, so we are, uh, I'm in this press conference and I'm, I'm up the back and I'm not going to, because there's much more established journalists in there than, than me. And I was like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'll get the quotes, but I'm not gonna, not gonna ask anything. Right. So, um, yeah, you kind of know your play. You know, I was grateful to have been asked. So, uh, Alex Capranos is up on stage, and this journalist, um, who worked for a, a London paper but was Glaswegian, mm-hmm. said to, <laughs> said to him. Alex, uh, I know here in your official bio, um, you're 27 years old, and you just saw him stiffen. And he said, <laughs> he said, it's just, I find that interesting, because you were the year above me at school, and I'm 34. <laughs> and he just went, he said, no, you, you must have confused me with someone else. And then, you know, the PR woman moved on quickly. So I kind of thought this guy after I went, he's a lying bastard. I went to the same school as him. He says he's fucking 35. <laughs> um, and he's, he's got in the official bio 27. He's like, it's fucking ridiculous. But you could just talk about, you know, like the way in a police interview, they look for your body language. The second the guy mentioned. Yeah, second he mentioned the bio, he just like rod erect, you know, like like an animal that sensed danger, and it was like, oh, all right, okay. He's like, he was a fucking year above me at school. I could have told him that, you know, the pals he hung about with, uh, and I was like, this is because it's you know Capranos. It's not a name you forget in mm. Glasgow. And I was like, fair enough. No, Todd, you got you got to do so. I just remembered. So, so because if not, we're gonna have like fifteen people tweeting us or leaving comments. Yes, you got. You, you didn't tell the poker story. Oh, the poker story. <laughs> um, well, okay. So uh, once again, this is a long way to go for the death of Norm Macdonald. Yeah, but uh, it, look, look. I think if there's one kind of ethos that runs through the crow pod, it's ah, we'll get there in the end. Yeah, right, know, yeah. We, got, you know, we, we, we. We podcast the way we make mm-hmm. love. Yeah. <laughs> you don't our, want necessarily to see us show our working. Yeah. Just be happy with the climax. Our, on, on this show, our transition from topic to topic has the turning radius of a Tron light cycle. Yes. Um, so uh, to, to, to provide a little bit of backstory of like where he was, like, again, Norm got promoted very quickly and and we saw him i remember seeing him middling so he was the middle act he wasn't even the headliner at this point he was middling but we all knew his act at this point and he uh starts this joke um i I mentioned this on the on the blog post but he started this joke that we knew was a callback to another joke but then we're everyone at the back room is going he didn't say the lead-in joke and so (laughs) we're just watching a car crash and uh, so he comes up and goes, you know, the punchline is cucumber and no one laughs. <laughs> Nothing like there's crickets. And he just goes, why do you say cucumber? I don't know. And he just goes. On. And so <laughs> every single comic just now can't go on stage because the front of their pants is wet. Um, 
but this was this was back in Ottawa. I was middling for him. Uh, my friend Denny Grignon was the host that night. And he wrote another touching tribute um, about Norm uh, in the Toronto Star, and he was uh, he was headlining, I believe. And we all got the invite to go play poker with um, uh, with Howard, who is the the owner of the Ottawa Yuck Yucks Club. And so I'm like, oh wow, I get to hang out with the big boys. This is pretty cool. And uh, uh, little did I know, Norm would be at some point going, oh poker, that's a great idea. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Dealer's choice, and like everyone's, like, ah, we're having a good time stuff. So. And then Howard says, I got this new game I want to teach everyone. And uh, when Norm went, ah oh, Christ, I knew it was it was going to be bad. So he explains the rules and we do an open hand and no one knows what's going on. It's just we I believe the name of the 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 game was give your money to the club owner. That's all it was. So he, Norm, we're playing this game. Norm has folded long ago and it gets to me and I kind of think I'm in it, but I kind of think I'm not. And everyone's kind of staring at me and I just went, I have no idea what I'm doing. I honestly I don't know what to do. And Norm on the other side of the table goes, let me take a look at your cards there, Todd. And uh, he walks around the table. And he looks at my hand and then he looks me straight in the eye and goes, drop that like a bad check. <laughs> <laughs> Which I said, I'll fold, Howard. And yeah, he was he was one of those guys. Like, as soon as you see him come to town, you went. And yeah, the 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 sadly, like it, it took his death to do this. But I guess this happens when someone of significance passes away and you and you regale yourself in the work that they have done on this on this earth the number of clips that have emerged of him on doing stand-up doing panel doing uh, just talk shows uh doing his own podcast um just any interview uh have w- once they surface and they're shared it becomes like a like that soldier stone soup story of everyone just kind of throwing into the internet hey look at this and so you get to experience all these things kind of you know, a new and things you might've forgotten about or things that you never knew about. And it's, it's been a, it's been a hard week, but it's also been really wonderful kind of seeing him still alive and in, in the work that he's done. So yeah, I think, over here, I think over here, what was really cool was the amount of people that you maybe didn't know were fans. Cause you, you might've thought over here, he was you know, very much a bit of a cult thing. And then there's yeah. that nice thing when you discover, you know, be it Twitter, be it, you know, message boards or whatever that actually lots of people enjoy these work as well. And, you know, the moth joke, which is still mm-hmm. one of my all time favorite jokes. <laughs> right. It, yeah, it's because yeah. it, it, it's a build up. It's mm-hmm. the build up. And even though Conan uh, tries to ruin it on at least three occasions, mm-hmm. he doesn't let him. He just keeps going. And yep. you, you actually know what the punchline is, right? You can tell. It's, it's mm-hmm. a fairly obvious one. But he takes you on such a journey that you can't wait until you get to the punchline. And then. He does that brilliant, that genius, you know, the sideshow Bob Rakes moment where mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's right at the bit. Here he's going to drop it and he doesn't and he keeps going and you think, oh, he's gone too long. And <laughs> yeah. then you're like, That's it. this isn't funny anymore. And look, mm-hmm. God, for fuck's sake. Then, oh, wait a minute. Then he's still going and you're like, this is absolutely fucking hilarious. Right. And then he just, and he just pushes through. It takes a lot of bravery, especially live on national TV to do mm-hmm. that when, and the host is trying to hurry you along and he's like, no, no, I'm fucking telling yeah. my joke. Yeah. And it will be worth it at the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and the fact that so many people, you know, retweeted that clip, I think tells you that, that yeah. it was, um, I very much a case of, 
caution master at work. Right. Well, this this actually transitions into one of the questions from the listeners. Yeah. And so <laughs> Graham 55 says, what's your favorite Norm Macdonald joke? So that's yours is the moth. Mm. The moth uh, either, either the moth or the crocodile hunter death. Yeah, that's a good one. That is one. just, you know, people saying, oh, man, I'm so bummed the crocodile hunter died. And he's like, yeah, yeah man, what a um, shock. My, <laughs> my, mine for his was one that I remember seeing him do in the clubs. And so that when he did it on his national network debut on the Pat Sajak show, hey. kids, kids, <laughs> ask your parents to ask their parents. Um, <laughs> and he's, he talks about the dating game. Have you guys seen this joke? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, well, for the benefit of David, uh, he goes, uh, uh, one of the craziest shows is the dating game. It's just, uh, there's no prize. It's just another contestant. And uh, <laughs> they always have this beautiful woman, and she's paired up with these three geeks. And uh, there was one guy who came into the studio, contestant. Uh, he was a psycho wingnut, loony bin wingnut kind of a guy. Because uh, Bachelor number two is a shadowy lurking character. And uh, from no fix address, please welcome this guy shambles into the studio. He's got a well-thumbed copy, a catcher in the right in his back pocket. And, uh, and uh, the, uh, the the questions are always laced with sexual innuendo. Always, always a little bit of innuendo there. And uh, she asked the question, Bachelor number two, if I were a popsicle, what would you do to me then? And he goes, ah, if you were a popsicle, eh? Well, first I'd uh, take your wrapper off. If you know what I mean. And then I'd grab a hold of your sticks. If you know what I mean. And then I'd press against the counter till you broke in two. <laughs> what happened in the freezer for later? You know what I mean. You know what I'm getting. in the freezer for later. Oh, that's absolutely bad. There was a, um, yeah, the, the, there was another one that someone sent me the, the, the clip I hadn't seen before, and in terms of being seen, being able to write your own epithet, I think that it takes a special kind of talent to be able to do that. And the best jokes are funny, but you know they have a bit of truth to them. And I this one was just so uplifting. I thought, um, especially you know because he passed away from cancer, yeah. and it was um, I, I keep reading about how someone when they die they they lost their battle with cancer. Yes. Yes. He said, so as far as I'm concerned. The cancer dies as well. At best, it's a draw. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and you know what I mean? That because it is. Yeah. I, I hate that. I hate that someone lost the battle as if it was, you know, it was it was a lack of fight on their yes. on their behalf. It, it, it's such. It's just such a bullshit term. I really hate it. And I think anybody who saw somebody go through it and and fight like hell, but it was you know, in the end up they. It's terminal. There's nothing you can do about it. Doctors can't do. I loved that, and I thought, yep, that's a fucking great light. And it's funny, but it means something. I think. uh, I mean, my 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 favorite ones that the Janice joke. That's the fun. You know, actually, fuck it. I'm gonna put it on the end of the show. Hell yeah. (laughs) Okay. That is the funniest shit uh, possible. But that 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 one in um. Well, the the one that probably finally got him fired from SNL when he was right. hosting the the ESPYS, he's like hey, Charles Woodson's here. He's the first defensive player to win the Heisman. That's a, that's great. They 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 can't ever take that away from you unless you murder your wife. <laughs> <on the way> to, 
then, then, the, then all bets are off. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, the, the one last, just one last one because it was great where he's he's talking about OJ's book and OJ mm-hmm. says people don't understand how much I love Nicole. I would have taken a bullet for her. He goes, isn't that tragic that the one person who would have yep. done anything to keep her alive turned yeah. out to be the one who killed her. <laughs> Oh God! Oh, here's a here's an Easter egg for the listener. I won't do the whole bit, but uh, look for the one that goes, "It's me, Bob." <laughs> Trust me. Don't worry. Nobody's listening now. They've all fucked off before. <laughs> the first first two or three of these jokes are like, "Why am I listening right. to these assholes tell uh, these jokes when I can?" Norm McDonald's not actual... Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With a name like that, he, with a name like that, he had to. Oh yeah, yeah. Surely, yeah. yeah. Come on. Uh, well, there's there's be. pictures of him in like full regalia. Right, we'll claim yeah. him. You yeah. know, we're not always keen to take. Um, like you know, when you try to give us Trump, we will. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> not not quite so sure about that one. Um, I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't particularly like some of her. You know, if we went Nicholas Sturgeon's part Canadian, you'd be like, mm, <laughs> neat. Not not not. Not, you know, Canadian in the sense of Canada, I, I think you meant. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah, I think that uh, people will be sitting going, why am I listening to these three dicks telling these jokes where I can go and listen to the guy who told right. them tell these exactly. jokes? So, Please no do. One, no listeners yes. at this point. And, and I don't blame them. I'm only here because I have to be at this point. I want to go and <laughs> slide down a non-McDonald's. David's just waiting for another dog poop exit that he can get out of here on. <laughs> well, it, it's like, like I say, I can't mention the name. We can't talk about him. I can't take that risk, um, <laughs> you know, because I'll need to go and get another puppy pad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Steven, this is a good one. I got one here. After the uh, the linesman waving for the uh, for the non-push from right near the end on mm-hmm. uh, Thursday there, what's the worst close-up so no excuse for an awful decision you've ever seen in the game? Uh, I'll take you back to one that you both remember. Uh, because we were talking about it on a show this week. 2011 League Cup final, Rangers versus Celtic. Nikita Jelovic goes into the box with the ball, does a little quick turn. The Celtic mm. defender tries to nick the ball away, doesn't succeed, kicks him on the knee. Yeah. Um, Nikita Jelovic goes to the ground, and the referee, Craig Thompson, awards a penalty and then changes his mind and boots yeah. him. Right, right, right. <laughs> and you're like, hold on, sorry, sorry what? Just, just because clearly if there was enough of a doubt in your mind, and I'm not saying, by the way, refs shouldn't change their mind. You don't see it very often, I would say. But, you know, if they think, actually, I made a mistake, fine. But if there was enough doubt in your mind to give the penalty, yeah. it clearly can't be a booking because you no. can't be convinced it was a doubt. Di- the two things are just diametrically opposed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that one, that was right in front of me last night where I was sitting, um, and literally Scott Wright runs up, and the reason it's an even worse decision is he stops, right? He doesn't yeah. continue yeah, and, and even, even apply to... any pressure. He literally sees that the ball's going out of play, so he stops, and the <laughs> denier it was, he takes two steps forward and then just falls. I mean, just yeah. just uh, and falls yeah. to the ground, and the linesman sort of looks at him for a minute and goes. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was just suspended. And then, to be fair, later on, Alfie, genius that he has, used it to, you know, because Alfie was, was in that same area of the pitch in front of that linesman. And Alfie runs into one of their defenders and falls down. And as he's falling, he's spinning round. And you can basically see him saying, can I get one as well? And the linesman sort of goes, yeah, all right. It was never a foul, but you're right, you're right. And I'm like, these linesmen, you know, this guy just, is this the first football match he's attended? You know, just, yeah, you're right, you're right. I gave that one when the guy just dived. So here you go, you little scamp. Uh, yeah, I think there was a bit of that. Um, I'll, t- I'll, I'll take you two back to, to one you definitely don't remember. <laughs> no, nobody was there but me. Uh, we, we were playing. This is a guess uh, down in Tennessee. We were playing uh, the like a upper competitive, you know, men's men's club, whatever. Mm-hmm. And there was one ref in town who uh, he had the unfortunate uh, uh, resemblance to George W. Bush. And, okay. Um, <laughs> about five, six and just a ball of fucking, you know, short guy syndrome going on. And, uh, so like we, we'd had some issues with him before, but thankfully this time it happened to the other team because we, we had like a free kick. I don't know. You know, it's outside the edge of the area, probably 25 mm-hmm. yards. And, uh, so he goes to walk this off. Right. And he takes like 15 steps for one thing. So, I mean, it's like, he's given us an extra couple yards to the wall mm-hmm. so the other team they're, they're, they're creeping up you know trying to they're creeping back up trying to get get those couple inches back whatever so he blows his whistle he goes over there he t- sets the wall again all right same thing creeping up <laughs> blows the whistle goes over there. he's got the magic this is the only ref at that level i've ever seen with the fucking the shaving cream you know right mm-hmm. right, right puts the fucking line down so anybody moves across the line, I'm booking you. Okay. Goes back, gets set, take free kick. They start creeping over the line, blows the whistle again, goes over, books all six people in the wall, two of whom were already on a card. So they both got sent off. And I was just like, I, 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 I'm, I'm rolling on the fucking ground laughing like 30 yards away. <laughs> oh, my God. I've never seen anything like it. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah, bad. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna say this because it still makes me fume to this day. Uh, 2006 FIFA World Cup. Graham Pole, three yellow cards. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's, that, that one goes. That's in all. There. That's that's all. So that's. Yeah. Can I give a shout out to our friend Stephen Clifford of the Four Lads Had a Dream blog, who mm. is uh, a very busy referee. Uh, he does a lot of amateur games and amateur league games and junior games across Scotland. Um, as many as four matches in a weekend, he'll, he'll do you know, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And two weeks ago managed magnificently to send a player off in an amateur game before kickoff. apparently it was a guy who had problems with before and the guy said something to him as they lined up for kickoff and stevie sent him off fantastic 
<laughs> Fantastic. If you're going to have oh. the power, that's how you use it. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh. Scotiani. Who made the bigger cunt of himself on Twitter Thursday? Michael Stewart or uh, the, the lovely health minister? That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's a that's a tough one. That's a know. draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. It's, it's, that's a tie. It's a, cancer it's like, died it's with like the cancer. body. It's a tie. <laughs> oh man, good god. They, uh, they, 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 David, this one's a this this one's more for you here. You think uh. You think Michael Stewart will alter his training camp to get ready for you compared to compared to Jim Trainer? David's playing with his dog. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Basically, I was trying to. I was. I was getting another puppy pad before I mentioned his name. Mm-hmm. Um, well trained dog already. I love yes. it. Yes. Uh, she. Uh, yeah. Look, I mean, uh, as as we've discussed, you know, I would to um mini strokes in, in the last month but i'd mm-hmm. still i'd still without being arrogant make myself favorite yeah. uh in, in a debate because here's the here's the reason here's why i know i would win right because he takes himself very seriously and i don't <laughs> and that's why i would win yeah. because people who take themselves very seriously as we've seen with someone else this week and their scooter um they they overreact everything, and well, they can't it, 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 it'd be like Spears on the STV with Chris that one time. Yeah, yeah. You know, Chris. Chris is just his highs undone. His mm-hmm. usual doesn't spend any time on his hair, smiling mm-hmm. the whole fucking time. Right. <laughs> People yeah. who take themselves too seriously um, don't do well in situations like that because. Yeah. Um, the, the the simple reason being, of course, that they can't take any sort of mild criticism or any even worse any type of mild ribbing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very good at mild ribbing. I'm very good at quite strong ribbing, I would say. Yeah. Uh, it's it's one of the it's one of the gifts God gave me that I am good with a smart reply. It has led to quite a few burst mouths in my time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, you know, haha! They say that uh, they say that words hurt more than physical violence. Let me assure you, folks, they're wrong. Um, <laughs> having, what do you got? You, what you run out of sticks? <laughs> yeah, having having you know, someone said something to me, and I've then said something back, and everyone's laughed. And the next thing, I'm on the floor with like the Tweety Pie birds swimming, you know, letting Tom and Jerry, um, little stars passing in front of me. Uh, I'm like, yeah, you got me with that one, mate. I've got to admit, good, 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 strong comeback that that uppercut. Uh, so, but uh, no, as I say, I doubt very much what happened. I think his idea for it was I would go on the yeah. BBC, which I wouldn't. I wouldn't go on BBC Scotland at all, anyway. But I certainly wouldn't go in that that circumstance. So I yeah. I have my doubts it would ever happen. But um, I don't think it would. I genuinely don't think it would end very well for him. Mm-hmm. And I think and I think that with the best will in the world. Um, People who know both of us would probably tell him that. Uh, I think, uh, judging by what a few people you know said to me at the game last night, I, I think that people who know him might say, "Look, you know, for all these flaws, Edgar's you know bald, broken down, um, got very sore eye mm-hmm. at the moment, 
spending his life walking about picking up shit uh he he will beat you in an argument so that's uh brilliantly though all the celtic fans at rush to his defense as they always do yeah uh, uh whenever he says something and, and someone is nasty to him they all started picks up I, I, I tweeted a photo of me the other night and they all must have seen it which is bizarre you know why would you follow a rangers fan i don't get it but i don't give it. Uh, mm-hmm. but they, uh, they seem to find it hilarious to go what you a grown man who owns wrestling belts and i was that's just very funny mate if it wasn't for one of two things firstly uh that you are a grown man who's arguing with me because your choice of people who kick a bag of air around is a different choice of people from the one I have for kicking a bag of air around. We're all a little bit immature. And secondly, those wrestling belts cost more than a month at your bed. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I could I could literally, I've got so much metal on these that I could give you a brand new set of teeth to accompany that one that you have. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Steven Johnston. This is, this is Todd. Yes. Who or what is Betty Mardonis? My mom went to Canada years ago and found a song she loves, Into right. the Night, but I've never heard this. It's any right. other walk of life. Okay. So, uh, Stevie, thanks. Because um, when he said Benny Mardonis, I went, he's ours? And so I went and Googled him, and I looked up Into the Night, and as soon as it started playing on YouTube, I was like, oh, fuck this song. <laughs> and it, now keep in mind, this came out at an age when I would only have heard this thing coming out of AM radios. OK, so it, it, like never a stereo thing. And it certainly wasn't going to buy it myself. And if you haven't seen the video, oh, go do have a gander. Um, here's a guy that grew up, I'm guessing, in Scarborough and went you know, Steve Perry seems to have a career. Let me give it a shot. <laughs> and literally when I heard that song, uh, uh, I never attribute it to the actual artist. I always just assumed it was this this kind of like low-lying, uh, like third or fourth release from Journey or a solo Steve Perry thing. Because the voice, once you hear the the chorus, when he starts going into the night, he's got that kind of lilt that Steve Perry has. And I was like, oh, okay, that's what it was. But again, remember, shitty radios. So, um, boy, oh, boy, uh, that's a gem. That is just, <laughs> that's the Canadian content laws going right into action there. That uh, we had to pay, we had to play 25% of that garbage. That's uh, <laughs> that, that, that I've always felt, uh, that's the, the, the reason in Scotland I've always felt that Hue and Cry featuring Pat Kane were successful. There had mm-hmm. to be some sort of law that said we had to uh, put them on the airwaves. And years ago, Q Magazine ran a poll for the worst band in Britain and Hue and Cry won it. And Q fabulously offered them a tenor to split up. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh... Uh, we, we, we this one hung over from Tuesday. I kept it back here. Grant oh. Stevenson asked, if you can replace any band's frontman with a current or former Rangers player, Ooh. what players would be the new frontman then for what band? Ooh. Oh, there's some, you know, some fairly obvious ones. I think Alfie would be a magnificent replacement for the Sex Pistols. <laughs> mm. You can, I, you I, can I, see I, it, can't you? 
I, th- I think you could you could slide Davy McPherson in the dire straits at any point. And yeah, not yeah. He's, 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 he's <laughs> got that. He's he's got the he's got the hair for it. Let's be yeah. honest. I you can see, see Ali McCoy's front in a few bands, couldn't you? Oh, for sure. He's I, a, I, I, can, I think he's a karaoke monster. I will. Bet. I think well, we know he's a karaoke monster. <laughs> I uh, I think I could see Ali in a leather vest belting out. We're living on a prayer. Mm-hmm. I could, I could definitely see. Oh, he, he likes some Bon Jovi. We know that. Yeah, I could, I could, I could, I could see Ali doing that. But I'm, I'm trying to think of like current players. Scott Arfield would be in an indie band. I think he's, he's got yeah. that. Sort of, yeah, he would be. He was, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, he was actually. Yeah, uh, he was in a band. Oh God, what are they called? Are oh, they the They've been good. Was it the Begbies? Um, something yes, it was the Begbies. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, I could definitely. And he's mates with uh, Stevie Dukes from St. Phoenix, so mm-hmm. he would be in that. Uh, Big Leon could front any band he fucking chose to. Absolutely. Coolest <laughs> man in the whole world, Big Leon Balagan. He would just slide right in there. Uh, and I used it like just doing Luther Vandross covers and stuff. Oh, like 100%. That. Yeah, yeah, could he? <laughs> just see him there, just just bossing it. Mm-hmm. Um, Alexander O'Neill style, you know, with the ladies in the audience all, you know, going wobbly eyed at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most of the men, he would he would definitely right. do that. Tav, I think as well. Tav, I think yeah. would be pretty pretty smooth. So- I saw a, a documentary on swears that show up in mainstream songs that you didn't realize were there. Mm. And um, two stood out. One being everyone thought that Louie Louie by the Kingsman was um, a, a filthy song, but it was actually a sea shanty. Sure, just, yeah. Right. But if you listen to after uh, after the um, the guitar solo, you can hear the drummer yell fuck as he yeah. drops a, <laughs> as he drops a. Uh, uh, a drumstick so you can actually hear that they actually kept that in because it just sounds like ah but it's actually it, when you listen carefully it's fuck so everyone's looking for swears in this thing nothing exists except for that like they think oh the lyrics are filthy what's that oh what an accident the guy dropped a stick um but the other one was pretty vacant by uh the sex pistols by their pronunciation a vacant a cunt yeah yeah they they found that absolutely hilarious at the time because they had to put them on top of the pops Mm -hmm. and there they were singing they my 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 grandfather my papa um there was a busker that he one day spotted um singing country roads you know the the john denver song Mm -hmm. but my papa would go he noticed that every time somebody threw money he would you know stop so he would continued to play but he would say thank you very much sir right so my papa went up and timed it perfectly take me home cunt thanks very much sir <laughs> ah, to the place yeah and every single time he just dropped perfectly the 20 pence piece into the guys uh to, to make him shout cunt in the middle of the street with no uh again no context yeah i did that during a voice record um for a commercial um, I did that very thing. It was completely by accident. First of all, I just the reason that we're you know, we're on the seaward right now is that because of vacant. Um, this is where yeah, we're not uh, really on it. We're on the second. We're spelling it no. C A N T. Yeah. We're on the second yes. syllable of the word vacant. Yes. Not, yeah, and um, and the first the first syllable of the word first country. Of the word country. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um. So that's why I would put Alan McGregor uh, as the front of uh, he would replace John Lydon. Um. Because you know, as we've heard in Empty Stadia. He has he is no stranger to that particular vocal sound, so I think he would fit into that song very nicely. 
um, there's a, uh, the day after I got, uh, married, I got a voice gig, uh, to do something. There's a thing over here in Canada called sleep country, which is a mattress, uh, place, uh, where they sell mattresses. And, uh, I was still a little bit hungover from the day's uh, festivities and stuff like that, but I, uh, you know, I showed up and was like, everything's okay, and just have a little bit of coffee, a little bit of club soda to like, okay, we're going. going. And I've got dry mouth, and I hit that moment. I'm sure when you guys do like records yourself, there are moments where you just go, your your mind goes ahead of your voice, and you just, yeah. it's the, it's like, it, it's watching your brain run too fast down a hill and start tripping over itself. <laughs> so you just kind of stop and then regroup and you do the thing. And so the line I was doing is that sleep country, Canada, we have the best mattresses, right? Something like that. And in front of the clients and everything, I, I, I did my stall, which went at sleep, con- at sleep country, <laughs> Canada. <laughs> and before I realized what I had done, I was like, oh, that's the fucking owner in there, isn't it? Oh, shit. <laughs> I uh, can't, I can't do them. I cannot do them. See, we have to do a read for, um, I oh, we've heard them. Well, basically, because of that, um, I, I actually said to Guy, because it, it, it was taking us like 25 minutes to the you know, The show would be 20 minutes. It was taking me 25 extra minutes to record sure. this fucking script. So I said to the guys, I said to guys from Manscaped, can I just do it naturally? And then, well, okay, give it a try, you know, one week and we'll, we'll see if it works. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, they sold more. So it was better for me just to, because the whole thing's about you're supposed to say with the ball shaving thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I've tried it and it's great. And I'm like, I'm not saying that. Uh, <laughs> that, 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 that. That goes against my Presbyterian principles. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm not having that. And they were like, well, okay, but I don't see how you can sell it. I said, well, let me try this. And, and it worked. But I just say, you know, I, clearly this is for perverts, really. Um, <laughs> but a lot of you seem to be perverts these days. The young folk with their, you know balls you could eat your dinner off um mm-hmm. if you're into that then this is i mean you shouldn't be but if you are yeah. then use this um, yeah. and it's a bit cheaper and you know you can i mean de- de- whip it out at parties and go what do you think of that then that's oh, very nice sir. Uh, you've, <laughs> i see what you've i see what you've done there He's, ah, it's a manscaped so um and and you know the the hits and the website and the clicks went significantly up um so no, I'm not reading a thing. That I, says, I swear, I have they, they advertise on fucking everything. They, they do. They, they advertise. Not um, yeah. Well, uh, uh, David, if you're looking for sponsorship, I believe there's now an opening for Mangrate. So you can. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, I would happily promote a product by a company that are talking a lot of pro pubic hair sort of, you know, advisory group. If they come along and they say, David, could you talk about your pubic hair? Happily, I'll say, mm. you know, I, I have pu- I believe in pubic hair's essential goodness. And, right. and I am I am pro. You know, you get like pro family. I'm mm-hmm. pro pubic hair. Right. If OK, David, let me throw this out to you and this and, and I'll throw this out to, to the Manscaped guys as well. If you want a testimonial, um, tell them to send some product my way. I will gladly do it. Oh, they, I'm a professional. They, they will. I'm a professional voice actor. I will do the copy for them. Just send me send me one of their gear because uh, I am unlike you, David. I am I am of the philosophy: if you want to make the deck look bigger, you trim back the hedges. No, so. no, 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 no. God, God didn't intend us to be like that down there. Otherwise, we would all look like John Robotham. 
um, <laughs> that's I, I do not want my testicles to resemble a 90s Scottish referee and I'm just I am not I'm not up for it at all and they've sent me like three of these things to the point where of the three um, one of them my mum right just couldn't stop laughing at because she'd sure. never heard of this concept. She didn't. She's like, men. I was like, yeah. Mm. She went, men shave that. I said, apparently, it's for the right. young folk. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, so she just finds it absolutely. And every so I, I keep it literally at the back of my couch. And every time my mum visits, she goes. <laughs> so it's just you know such a great yeah. joke for her that I'll never get it. The other two I've given away at live shows mm-hmm. as raffle prizes. <laughs> so. Can you I can that? I just say remember how we invented here the travel mug flashlight? Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying there's an opportunity here because it's vibrating anyway. I'm yeah, just I, saying. I just, just saying. I I just couldn't look myself in the in the eye in the mirror. Um, <laughs> you don't I, need to. You're supposed to be diverted elsewhere. Yeah. Well, here's yeah. here's the other thing, right? Your pubic hair has another, like, it does have a, a, a reason to be. And the reason for it to be is it acts as, like, the bit you soap up first that you can then just, like, spring from, right? You know, the, the, you, you, you lather up there, and that provides lower belly lather, and it provides top of thigh lather, and sort of, you know, the, the bit between your your balls and your, you know, your bars, um it provides. So... If you don't have that, we're worried about people tuning out when we were telling Norm Macdonald. Right, exactly. (laughs) I don't care about this Canadian comedian that died, but tell me more about foaming crotches. It's true. It acts as a a general lather point, I think, from which you can coordinate other. Because nobody starts off. You don't get the shower gel out and do your underarm, do you? You get the shower gel out and you're straight on to the balls. That's the first place that you go with it. Uh, to the point where the, the, the right side of my, like, between my thigh and my testicle um, mm. was quite dry. And I was I couldn't figure it. And then I realized it's because when I, you know, get the shower gel, that's where I go first. So <laughs> it, it gets more heavily soaked. Um than perhaps any other part of my body. So I had to apply, like, lotions and stuff to it. To pick a number between 1 and 37. 12. Uh, Please. Okay. <laughs> what's, the, what's 12? 12. Uh, Graham has won the team sheet. Nice! <laughs> so I will, I will get in touch with uh, yeah. Graham. Enjoy well, this. Them. Enjoy the Celtic Nazi that's listed on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. Did you see Celtic? Uh, Celtic, of course. Club, welcome to all faiths, unless yeah. you ask for a major religious holiday off. Right. Um, yeah. In which case, yeah, maybe not so much. Poor Lila Bada. Imagine <laughs> wanting the um, the major Jewish holiday of the year off because you happen to be a practicing member of that faith club open to all, but not unless we've got a game on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was listening to uh, what, what show was, it? I think it was a football ramble. Uh, and they were talking about big Ange and how he looks like he, he, he looks like the guy who's your neighbor would look if he'd mm-hmm. backed into his motor trying to get out of his <laughs> own drive. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the 
fuck? <laughs> yeah. He just looks as it, it, it's it's as if he's he's like, you know, halfway to becoming the, the new Robin Hood that he, he keeps, you know, taking from the rich but forgetting to give to the poor. So it's like <laughs> we scored three goals away in Spain. How many did you concede though? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, there is that. Um, there is that. It's like, you're going to do anything about that that back bit? Nah, yeah, I'm sure it'll come. It always does for managers like me. Don't, I mean, loads of teams win the league winning 5-4 and losing 4-3 every week. I mean, that, that always happens. Well, what, what, That's his fifth loss in 13. I think Gerard lost five in 31 or 32 mm-hmm. matches. Yeah. yeah. I And we had it down as a crisis. Yeah. Remember that first, oh, that yeah. first month? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. What drew the first? I think drew two of the first three, and then lost at Parkhead. We were like, yeah. "This is awful." Five points from two. What is it all? Like, yeah, but we scored three. Yeah, but you lost. What? Do you know how this fucking game works? <laughs> right? I mean, there's generally a simply and well-defined rule of who won the football match. Yeah. There's the, typically, and this is this is what makes football great. The the math is easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's usually very simple. It never yeah. approaches two digits, hardly ever. No, right. You know that this is not like sitting watching NFL where you're like, wow, forty-two to twenty-seven. You won't right. have to come up with numbers like that, right? The yeah. Raptors lost actually, and scored a hundred points. How is that fucking possible? Can you imagine though, if Celtic fans, if that had been them? as a basketball team mm-hmm. I, I think you find we score 94 points the other team got 120 right yeah but 94 <laughs> okay lads fine we'll just keep the big silver thing we won by a mile last year then will we uh onion headline of the week police officer's wife still dreads getting phone call that her husband has been vaccinated <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, at least the right wing fucking lunatics are still dropping like flies. <laughs> Maybe you should just get the shots, you dumbasses. Yeah. Yeah. Good Lord. Just call it insurance. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Uh, Todd, you can find on Twitter at HeyIt'sTVA. Check out all his stuff, HeyIt'sTVA.com. Mm-hmm. Todd, thank you. Pleasure as always. Yeah. Anything coming up? Um, I have some uh, I have some wee shows coming up uh, Sunday. I'm going to be at the Ottawa Absolute Comedy, and um, I've got an online write 'em up coming up October 20th. But the big news is November 20th. We're back live in Toronto uh, with Yay, a, at, at Comedy Bar for a live uh, write 'em up show. Um, and my other podcast, Comedy Duel with Pub, is uh, still out there. Um, sadly, never got to interview Norm, but got to talk to a few of his friends. So there we go. Yeah. David, of course, you can find on everything heart and hand on Twitter at Ibrox Rocks. Thank you, David. Yeah, especially right now is more short-handed. So yeah, you can find me on fucking everything. <laughs> I, I I have the rest of Friday and I've got Saturday off, so I'm going to there enjoy go. that. There right. we go. Yeah, uh, I'm still recovering from the the latest uh, running with a with a motor, but you know, mm-hmm. of course, okay. yes. Yeah. Fun stuff. Uh, stick around for a 13-minute Norm McDonald joke. So there you go. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll talk to y'all next week. Bye. Some people call me the space cowboy. 
Now listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? I always watch the news, and I'll tell you something about the news. I don't understand it. But it's for some reason I watch it. I don't even know why, but uh, I think I'm supposed to or something. So I'll watch it, and then the guy will come on, and he'll go, anyways, today the deficit. And then I'll go, ah, ha, ha, I've heard that word. <laughs> and the guy goes, today the Dow Jones NASDAQ Composite Index is uh, down. And then I go, ah, that's not good. <laughs> down. Up. I like when it's up. That's my opinion on the... Seems like there's too much news, like, you know, because now they have 24-hour news. Now, when I was a young boy, the news was half a hour. That was the whole news, you know. And a guy would come on and he'd have a tie, you know, and shit, and he would say the news. And it was a half a hour long. Now, it's 24 hours long. Now, it turns out that back in the old days, when it was only half an hour, they had it about right. That's about all the news there is. <laughs> Even then, there'd always be like a story, some fucking story at the end about a caribou or some horseshit. So, there wasn't even enough to fill the half an hour. But 24 hours, way too long. So they have to keep repeating stories all the time and everything, and uh, they'll make up stories, you know? They do that a lot, make up things that aren't really news stories, but they have to, you know, fill the 24 hours, you know? And the one I noticed that they make up a lot, uh, this is the latest one I've seen. I see this all the time on the news. The newsman will come on and he'll go, he'll go, good evening, everybody, this is the newsman. Whatever he says, he's not gonna say that. <laughs> and he goes, our top story tonight, a lady has vanished. <laughs> That's the story. And then he goes, let's go outside where there's another guy. So then they cut to outside. <laughs> and then there's a guy outside and he's like, hey, listen, how's it going inside? We're outside and uh, we found out about this lady that vanished. Her name was Janice and uh, they found her car here in the Taco Bell parking lot. And uh, don't worry about the car, it's fine. But uh, can't find hiding her hair of the lady. Well, back to you. So, so then you're watching, you go, well, I don't give a fuck on account I never knew Janice in the first place. Matter of fact, I'm kind of happy it's Janice and not somebody I know. <laughs> but then what they do is they start telling you about Janice, you know? And they go, hey, we got found out some cool things about Janice. And you're like, no, that's cool. I don't want to hear it. They go, no, no, you want to hear it. <laughs> they can't help themselves. So they go, let's go back to Bill. He's, uh, he's uh, still outside. And, uh, how's it going, Bill? And Bill's like, it's all right, it's no inside, but it's cool. And, uh... Anyways, we found out about Janice. Turns out, she's a good lady. And, uh, we found some friends of hers, and here they are. And then, sure enough, they show a lady, and it says, friend of Janice. And, uh, she says, I'll tell you something about Janice. You want to hear about Janice? Janice is a type of lady that you could always turn to. You know, you ever want to turn to somebody? Like if you got a problem or something, 
And you, you, know, you know, you feel like you want to turn? <laughs> you ever do that? Or maybe your neck just hurts and you want to anyways. The point of it is that once you swiveled your head over this way, the person you'd most want to see in your eyeline would be Janice. <laughs> and then they have Jan another friend of Janice that wasn't the first one. And she'll go, I'll tell you, Janice, oh my God. She was the type of lady that she could walk into a room and light up the whole room, you know? And she didn't have a fucking light or nothing like that. She would just somehow, through sheer tyranny of will, she could somehow <laughs> illuminate a room. I don't know. And that would be Janice's third friend lady that's not one of the earlier two. And then she goes, I'll tell you about Janice. Is that who you're asking about, Janice? Janice was the type of lady that you could be talking to your best friend in a whole world and then Janice come in and you go, fuck you, I'm talking to Janice. Because <laughs> Janice is better than you. Come on, let's face it. She's better than all of us. So anyways, then you're at home and you start liking Janice, you know what I mean? You start getting invested in her, you go, God damn, that Janice is a cool lady. I would, I would like to meet her one day. That would be a lot of, fuck, I forgot she vanished. <laughs> Ah, just my luck. <laughs> They'll find her. <laughs> then you get hope. That's not good. I don't give a fuck what Obama says. Hope is never good. <laughs> don't try it. It never works out. <laughs> so you go... You go, oh man, they'll find Janice. They're putting pictures up of her on telephone poles. I think that had worked once. And, <laughs> and then the news keeps showing you more things about Janice, you know? And they'll show you like the video, home videos of her. You're like, God damn, look at that. She's eating a pizza. <laughs> I like her hair like that. <laughs> they'll find her. And then you become obsessed with Janice. It's all you can think of, you know? You're at work, fucking just can't wait to get home, agonizing over Janice, you know, and thinking about her with eating pizza and shit. And then you go home, and your nights are just uh, fevered dreams of, you know, Janice and bangs and shit like that. And, and you, all you can do is turn on the TV and hope and, you know, and then one day, you know, they go, hey, more news on Janice. Here's the bill. He's still outside. And then Bill is like outside and he's like, here we are. Uh, where, as you can see behind me, they are scouring the woods. They're still searching for Janice, you know. And then you go, oh, fuck, not the woods. You know, that's not <laughs> Nothing good ever happens in the woods. <laughs> I've seen enough of these fucking stories to know that Janice ain't coming bounding out of the woods anytime soon. That's it. She's like, hey, what's going on, everybody? I, I've just taken a stroll through the woods. What are you taking my picture for? I was just, I just take a stroll through the scraggly woods. No, if they find you in the woods, they always find you in the same place. Every time, they will find you in a uh, shallow grave. <laughs> I don't know why they don't just look there in the first place. But... <laughs> That's... 
If I was the police chief, I'd go, listen, I want every shallow grave in the vicinity checked out. I want to clear out this case by Tuesday on account of, I'm running for DA or whatever. But, uh, doesn't shallow grave seem a mite rash? You know, like these serial killers are supposed to be so shrewd and cunning and everything, you know? At least according to the TV movies I've seen. And, uh, but then when it comes time for the grave, they get a little hasty, you know? They're like, there you go, three twigs and a leaf. That ought to do it. That doesn't look like Janice anymore. I don't recall Janice ever wearing three leaves and a twig. Oh, well. Guess I'll go home and await the authorities now. You gotta prepare these things, you know? You gotta be a little smarter than that. You know, what I would do, and I would never, ever kill a lady in cold blood. I wouldn't. I know I say that now, I don't really know. I, don't know. I can't predict the future, but I don't believe I... I know there's no river long enough doesn't contain a bend, but I believe that right now, and it might just be vanity, I don't think I would, uh, I would kill a woman in cold blood. But if I did, I would plan it out very carefully, you know, because there's a lot at stake. You know, you think about it, you probably, you know, probably lose your job. I don't know what happens. That's a blemish on the old CV, you know. Even in today's enlightened society, there remains a stigma to being a uh, psychosexual sadist. <laughs> but uh, what I would do is I would like I would look at the lady, I would select a lady, and then I would follow her habits. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> like I would watch her very carefully, you know. I go, hey, I notice that every day she goes to that cheese sandwich shop. And then she comes out with a little paper bag. I'll bet you anything, there's a cheese sandwiches in there. You know? So then I keep that in my head, you understand? Then I'd say, hey, I notice every Wednesday evening, she goes with her other lady friends, and they go down to the YWCA, and they play basketball with each other, which is fine nowadays, you know? So what I would do is, on Wednesday, I would go down to the YWCA, and what would I be uh, holding in my right hand in the parking lot but a cheese sandwich? <laughs> so then she would eventually come out of the YWCA, you know, all sweaty with her, uh, you know, her ridiculous three-colored ball and everything there, you know? And then I'd be standing there. And then she'd go, hey, what's in your right hand? And I'd go, nothing. I'd be coy, you know? And she'd go, she'd go, there's something in your right hand. I'd go, listen, lady, who knows more about what's in their right hand? You or me? I believe, oh, this. Now, this is just a cheese sandwich. Why, you like it or something? What's... I got a whole fucking van full of them over there. Right over there. Yeah, yeah the, that craziest looking fucking van you ever saw? That's filled with cheese sandwiches.
You don't have to have cheese sandwiches in the van, by the way. If you, uh, unless you want to be known for your detailed work. It's not, it's not really necessary. Then I would get the lady in the van and I would drive her to a remote area, an area most known for its remoteness. That's what I would look for. And anyways, I'd take her to the remote area where I had constructed a shed, and then I would get her in there and I would do that thing that makes me feel like God. And, uh, and then her screams would just bounce off the walls and echo out into nowhere and never touch the ear of civilized man again. And then I would take her body to the woods and bury her in a very, very, very deep grave. <laughs>